We pose you the question, a little bit of a riddle. Any other story in the Bible that parallels this? Because the wonderful thing is when you do stupid things, you oftentimes do them the same way. You're, you get, you know, the same thing tempts you over and over and over again. Or, you know, just uh, having been stuck in stupid many times in my life. I know how it works now. I know, yeah. how, I know how the rules and so these parallels really help if there's a takeaway of why we even share the story. Why, why even talk about the ninth day love? Because you can track this family for, you know, a thousand years and the same issue is there. That's this disunity. It's just they can't get along. These 12 brothers can't get along. And we're going to show you in, in this case and in, in these uh, why this is so. Any guesses? I mean, I really don't. I nothing just, there. I started thinking. I was like, you know, may, maybe Jericho, maybe. And then I was like, I don't remember. I don't know. All right. Well, That's not enough time in between for it to be Jericho. So. Well, if I was tell you that a fancy little coat was involved. Uh, I thought about Joseph, too. All right. See, I she, did. But it's always the first one you think of and yeah. you don't say it, right? Yeah. But then I, I was like, but do those? Yeah. I mean, there's the, there. Yeah. Yeah. So let me refresh you, all right? <laughs> so here's the parallels. The story of Joseph is the story, and it's uh, in Genesis. Uh, Joseph, the young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, and he brought their father a bad report about them. All right? See, I was thinking forward instead of back. Well, yeah, that's the that thing. Was my, so yeah. what was the root of the whole story yeah. of Joseph? It's this. It's that bad report, all right? You've got all 12 sons, all, twi all the tribes are there. The story is about bringing Deba, a bad report. And Joseph becomes the father of Ephraim, yep. the tribe that Joshua will represent. Yeah. So again, the two main characters, you'll see the other one in just a minute. That's is interesting mirror in this yeah, one. You got me. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, and they hated him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we love that. Joseph had dreams. And when he told them to his brothers, they hated them all the more. Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. They lived in Hebron. I'm going to send you to them. Go and see if all was well and bring word back to me. Then he sent them off from the valley of Hebron. So, again, the mirror in this story, the story moves from Hebron to the valley of Eskel or Shechem. It's all this big, long valley beside the Hebron is really not a mountain as much as a mountain range. Um, and there's also ascending, or the Shalak. It's to see the conditions, the Rea, and it's he's to report back. Uh, he shed the var. The exact same phrases in both stories. So a lot of times in in Hebrew, you're looking for where words, where things show up again. Mm -hmm. They saw him in the distance before he reached them. They plotted to kill him. Oh, to have brothers so kind. And throw him into a cistern and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Remember what the the kind of the line that stood out in the story of the twelve spies: the land devours people. Mm. So, same again, you have the same weird plot thing going on. So, there's a plot to kill a lie about animals devouring somebody because in the twelve spies, obviously, the land's not devouring anybody. So, when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, <laughs> they took him, threw him into a cistern. We looked up, saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead on the way to take him down to Egypt. And Judah said to his brothers, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. And his brothers agreed. Judah is the tribe Caleb will come from. Mm -hmm. So again, you have Ephraim and Judah as the main characters in the story. And they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped in, in blood. They took 
ornate robe back to the father. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. And Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. And Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, mourned for his son for many days, but he refused to be comforted. I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. So there's mourning and weeping and a grief that causes him to desire to die. And again, remember the story of the 12 spies. What do the people say? Uh, oh, that we had died uh. in Egypt. So again, very interesting mirror there. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, uh, uh, now this is going into the future, uh, I guess oh, about 15 years. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, you are spies. You've come to see uh-huh. our, where our land is unprotected. So Joseph accuses them of coming to spy out the land. It's a merigleam. It's the Hebrew word. So Jacob and all his offspring eventually go to Egypt, uh, taking them the livestock, the possessions, everything they had in Canaan. Jacob brought with him to Egypt his sons and grandsons and his daughters and granddaughters and all his offspring. So the consequences of these stories here is ultimately Israel, from the 12 spies, well, they don't get to go in the promised land. The consequence of, that's 40 years out of the promised land. Joseph's story, well, he's out of the land 22 years and for the rest of his life, and everybody joins him, and the 12 tribes spend hundreds of years outside the land. So there's some mirrors, but let's talk about the parallels and why I think this story is important to us, what we learn here. The parallels bring up a lot of issues. The Joseph story is what brought them to Egypt. They threw Joseph into a pit, and God sent them all to live in the pit of slavery. Interesting how things follow you. Egypt was the answer to their needs, and now they constantly want to what? I should have gone back to Egypt. If only we had a leader like Joseph to take us there and even kill to get there. What's the story about? It's family disunity and betrayal. It's this messed up situation that will continue, as we know, for hundreds of years. There's almost an eerie repetition with which brother stands up for good and heroic. Judah stops the murder. He's the tribe Caleb will come from. He's the first to stand up and say, no, right? don't do this. Joseph becomes the father of Ephraim, the tribe of Judah will represent, and he's very significant. And... And in the same way that Joseph becomes this second in charge of of Egypt, of course, Joshua becomes the leader that actually takes them into the promised land. So there's, again, this really interesting mirror there. Apart from the never-ending family disunity and betrayal, why, I would, and this is what you really want you to think about, why did no one follow Moses, Aaron, that's the whole tribe of all the Levites, the Aaronites, all the priests and everybody. Why did nobody follow Joshua? Why did nobody follow Caleb? Hmm. So you've got really three tribes there, actually four, because Ephraim and Manasseh, and four tribes that your people are representing, and nobody follows them. They were tribal leaders that they chose to go and say, you tell us, and we'll follow what you say. But no one listened to them. Why? After the golden calf incident, the Levites, remember, they rallied behind Moses. They killed 3,000 of their brothers and family because of what they were doing. This time, no one moves. They say, no, take us back to Egypt. Hmm. No one in Ephraim would follow Joshua? Why? No one in Judah would follow Caleb? Why? They were tribal leaders that were chosen by everyone, but nobody listened to them. Why? That's what I want you to think about, because we're going to kind of answer at least part of that question uh, coming up.